So that means you already have world overcoming faith in you. See, it's living. It's alive inside of us. So what we do, we are, we are activating that life that's in us. We are releasing the life of Christ, that overcoming victory that's already ours. It's already in you. It's operative. It's energized. And so what we are doing, we are allowing the word of God to do what? Have first place in our lives. Amen. Why? Because the victory is ours. But notice this. It's in the finished works of Christ. I don't have to finish it. I don't have to endure it. He's already done it. I'm, uh, I'm a what? I'm a beneficiary. Right? Of his benefits. Amen. And so look at first John. Look at verse 4. I mean chapter 4. And look at verse 17. I'm going to switch up some of the scriptures on you. In our lesson here. First John 4, 17, it says, herein is our love made perfect. Think about that for a moment. Herein is our love made perfect. It's not that we, it's his love in us made us perfect. It's his love in us that causes us to be mature. And he said, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness. See? In the day of judgment, that means every one of us will have a judgment come against us from the work of darkness. And what the enemy throws at us, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for our good. Why? Because Jesus is our victor. Amen. And we have made the decision to do what? To take side with him, to live our life or to let him live his life through us. So that make us what? More than a victim, more than a conqueror. Can you see that? So he said, herein is our love made what? Perfect. That we may have what? Boldness. Everybody say boldness. See, another way of saying boldness that you may have access. See, in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world as he is now. See? As he is now, so are we. Not your body, your spirit. Our spirit is one with him. Can you see that? Let's put this up again, uh, Zach, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and look at verse 17. Uh, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, go to verse 17. It says, but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Notice the word joined. When they say John to the Lord, that means you and I are one, not in, uh, in the two, but one as you can't tell where one begins and the other ends. We are one, but he that is John to the Lord is one spirit. So we are one spirit with him. That means the same spirit that gave Christ the victory in the earth is the same spirit that's with you and I to testify of that victory. Amen. That the, the spirit of Christ in us is testified of the victory that Jesus already won. Can you say amen? And that's what you and I have at this moment. Amen. So. Notice this. As we look at this, I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter one. And let's look at verse one, Hebrews one, 
one. So my uh, my good student, you gonna make sure this is put out today. Okay, all right. I got my good student, and I got my. Okay. God who at Saunders time in diverse manner. Now what did that mean in Saunders time? In diverse manner. That mean in time past. God spoke in different ways. Okay, how did God speak? In different ways God spoke through what? The cloud by day? When they let the children of Israel out of Egypt? The, when they saw that cloud? And that cloud moved? They moved. When the clouds stop, they stop. And then God, what? By fire by night, he provided the heat, uh, light for them at night because there was no light. And then the angel went from the front to the back to do what? He was watching over God's children. You got the same thing today. But you have the fire and the cloud by God of the type of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You got the fullness of him living with you. See, God couldn't do it back then because they were spiritually dead. Really? Yes, they were spiritually dead. So what he did, he had to show them, he had to reveal himself through typos. You and I, watch this, verse 2. But has in these last days spoken unto us, how? By his son. See, the son lives in us. See, we just got through singing about the son. He lives. What does he live? In us. In me. It said, whom he has appointed heir. Look at that. The son has been appointed what? He's the heir of what? Of how many things? He is the heir of all things to the Father. He is the heir. If he is the heir, and then the scripture says in Romans 8, 7, 16, 17, we are joint heir. Let me show you that for a moment. Watch this. Ashokola. <laughs> All right, brother Dave. Zach, Romans 8, uh, 16. So if if Jesus is the heir, notice this. The spirit itself bears witness what our spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our born-again spirit that we are what? The children of God. Okay, next verse. And if children, then heirs, oh, and heirs of God. Oh, y'all don't, y'all, y'all not, y'all not doing me right. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to do me better than that. I mean, you, you are, you are an heir of all that God has made. You are an heir of Christ's resurrection. You have partake. You have fruit in this. You have proof that he's alive on the inside of you. Woo! I almost took out and run with you, Brother David. We can, we can, I tell you what, we may not get very far in these shoes, but we can go somewhere. 
glory to God, we'll run to the hill, fall off them things, huh? <laughs> and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, and look at this. Joint heirs with Christ. What, that, what does that mean, a joint heir? That means I got the, what is it? That's right. That the same privilege, the same likeness that the father has to the son, he has to you and I. It's the same. He that is joined to the Lord, and we, had, we read in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, is of one spirit. One spirit, he that joined to the Lord, there's no two different spirits, there's no two different Holy Ghost, there's no two different, no type, no two different, two different types of heirship. No, we have the same inheritance. He gave it to us. So if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also what? Glorified together. Amen. Now go back to Hebrews chapter. Glorified just means a manifested presence. God will manifest himself in the same likeness he did through creation, in the same likeness he did through his son, the impersonating person of God himself, Jesus in the flesh. What did he do? He, glory, he was manifested in the flesh. The Bible said that he might destroy the work. Let me show you that. Go, go to uh, 1 John 3.8. It said, and look at the latter part of verse John 3.8. It said, Jesus said, for this purpose, see, see that? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Now, this is what you and the heir of. That he might destroy the works of the devil. So the works of the devil has been destroyed. You and I on a joint heir with Christ of his manifested presence of what? Of destroying the works of the devil. Put it in, in the classic amplifier. Notice what the classic amplifier said. It says, watch this. It says, uh, da -da. the reason the Son of God was manifest, visible. See, the word was visible. He became flesh. Visible was what? To undo. So if the Son of God was manifest, visible, then you and I are sons and daughters of God, what? Visible. To do what? He was, notice it, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. We are carriers of that. Hmm? Some people still don't know that the works of the devil has been undone. Dissolve, loosen. We are the witnesses. We are the joint heir of Christ to what? The benefactors to what? To promote this. To, uh, what do you call that? Uh, 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 to implement it. How do you say that? Uh, implement it. We're the ones that's implementing what? 
the works of the devil that Jesus was visible as the son of God. Remember, it said, just as he is, 1 John 4, 17, so are we now in this world. To do what? To undo, to destroy, to loosen, to dissolve the works the devil has done. Glory to God. Can y'all see that? That's right. We're supposed to do this. We live with this. This is already in you and I right now. This is part of who you are. And it's accessed through the power of words. That's why you have to have a new, a working knowledge, a revealing knowledge of the one that you have embraced as your Lord, as your Savior. Because until you have the confidence of what he done for you and that he lives in you, he was raised for your justification so that he could live in you and walk with you. And look, look. As he walked with you, you do the speaking, but he's the one that already did the work. He's there to testify. That's right. On the inside of you and I. Amen. So now go back over here to uh, Hebrews chapter one. Where it says, but has in these last days, verse two, has in these last days, he has done what? But in the last days, he has spoken to us where in the person of a son. That means the word became flesh. Whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of how many things? Oh, if he's a lawful owner of all things and then I'm a joint heir with him. What that make you and I? The same, man, we got the same, we got the, the same blessing. We have the same manifestation. We have the same way. There's no other way. That's right. Whom he appointed heir and lawful owner. Notice the word lawful, not unlawful. Lawful. Legally, because he destroyed. Why, why was it? Well, it, not because he destroyed, but because it was God in the beginning. The Bible said in the beginning was what? God. And God, and, and what did God do? He created the heavens and the earth. And then it went on to tell us how he did it with his words. That's why we are, that's why he is a lawful owner. He became a man in the flesh to take back what was rightfully his that the first Adam gave up. But now that Jesus has restored it all, it can never be lost again. I can act in any, but it never will be lost. Amen? Amen. Yeah, the covenant is with God and his son. You and I are partakers of this anointing, of this covenant through the blood of Jesus. Amen? What a wonderful Savior. Huh? What a wonderful Savior. Watch this. And it says, he's lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the world. So what does it say? It's the same person. The same word that was made flesh 
was the same word that was with God in the beginning. There's no difference. Same word. The word became flesh. Watch this. We'll come right back to that. John 1, 14. John 1, 14. Watch this. Look at this. And the word of Christ, what did it do? It became what? Flesh, human incarnated. In other words, it's the only birth that ever took place when we say not the seed of man, but the seed of the woman. Uh, the seed, the Bible said in Genesis 3 that this same woman that you caused to do this, this seed of the woman, this seed will come through the woman. Why? Because that's the natural, that's the ordinary birth. The seed, in order to have a human life, it got to come through a woman. But God supplied everything it needed through the word. The body was the carrier. Mary's body was the carrier. But the seed is the word. Huh? The seed had everything in it. The blood. The hair, the facial, the bone. Right? It's like, the, it's like, it's like a natural birth. The seed of the man entered into the womb of the woman, right? We don't have to go no further, right? Come on, y'all. You learn this in science, right? Come on. The, huh? Not the incarnate. The incarnate took place only through the word. But it's the same application that in order for God to become a man, he has to come through a woman. Right? Now, he could have did it any way he wanted. But God has a pattern how he created everything. He don't ever get outside of that pattern. He don't ever get outside that pattern. So what did he do? So God became a man. But how did he do that? He became a man through the seed of a word of the word. The word is the life. That's why when you, you know, when you have the word of God, you got everything you need. But when you don't have the word of God, you're going to struggle. You're in trouble. So we, it's good that we do what? Take time and build fellowship with the word of God, with God himself, with the word himself. Why? Because without fellowship, without spending time with him through the word, it's the only thing the enemy understands. Praise under the old covenant, even with David. King David, we sing a lot of the songs of David. We sing the song that how uh, Moses, with Moses, how Moses, when they came out of uh, uh, out of Egypt, you know, uh, the Bible talk about saying, "Let God arise and His enemy be scattered. 
let God arise and his enemy be scattered. For God arise and his enemy was scattered. Let God, let God arise. What that simply saying is, they sung that song when they crossed the Red Sea. That's in Exodus 15. They sung that song when they, so our praise, I'm just saying, I'm not saying this out of order, but our praise ought to be a lot of time after the word. Because of the revelation of the truth that set you free. Something that set you free now can bring you, can put you in a place of just, man, just can put you up there. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong just to praise God before. I'm not saying it's just any. But I'm just saying when you look at it, you know, a lot of times the praise came after the battle. After. See, a lot of times, you know, there are times that, 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 that there are times that, you know, God, you know, look. And I'll show you this in a moment about uh, Jehoshaphat uh, in just a moment. But a lot of times praise come like after. OK, this was the first praise of them coming out of a suppression or, or oppression of the devil, which was the Egyptian. Y'all don't. I need to show you all that. Huh? OK, OK. All right, let me show y'all that. I'm digging myself deep. I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> okay, uh, go to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus. Look at it. This is after they come out. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. Who, who triumphed? It didn't say he did. It didn't say you did. It said the Lord did. See, all of our song, all of our word, everything we do, it ought to be what the Lord did. I'm just a partaker of what the Lord has done. You know, we'll say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. It's always about what he done. We are partakers of what he did. Our song should be about what Jesus already did. Okay? Not what we going to do. Not what we have to do. What he's already done. Look, it said, then Moses and the, Moses and the Israelites sing this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord. What are you going to sing? For he has triumphed gloriously. Well, where did they get that from? The Lord had to give them that song. And notice this. The horse and the rider are, are his chariot. Has he what? Thrown into the sea. So the song was based on the victory that the Lord gave to them. Right? Because we saw, you know, we saw in prior chapter the way as when when God told Moses, stretch forth your rod. Okay, I forgot how far that is. And look at that Exodus 14. What is it? Uh Exodus 14, when when he told when they crossed over, and then he told him, he told Moses, now stretch forth your rod. And, and, and notice this. And they saw this. 
They saw, they saw this. Um, well, let's just, let's, let's just look at this for a moment so that you could get a, uh, yeah, it started in verse 29. Uh, uh, let's go back to uh, 18. Yeah. Let's go back to verse 18. Chapter, uh, there we go. <coughs> Eight, is it 18? Okay, but notice this. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea. Well, let's look at this. Oh, I don't like that. Look at verse 13. I hate that the story where it says and and okay. I'm trying to give you the whole picture. Since we're going back there, we might as well see it all, right? Okay. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still. Well, that's a little bit blind too because you say do not be afraid. So be afraid of what? Okay, let's see what they got. Let's see what he's trying to tell, show them. Oh, it's almost like, okay. Let's just go to verse one, Zach. <laughs> let's just go to verse one. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Notre Dame, speak to the children of Israel <laughs> that they turn and camp before Pahasra between Midal and the sea opposite of Baal-Zephalon. You shall camp before it by the sea. Now this is God's instruction. Okay, they just come out of Egypt. But the way where they are, it appeared that God shut them in to the Israelite. I mean to the Egyptian. Watch this. For Pharaoh will say, well, there it is right there. The children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. And notice this. And it said, and the wilderness has closed them in. Why? Because it wasn't. It wasn't the Israelite chose that path. It was God chose the path for them. Why? Because it's the word of the Lord always the one that's leading. You're not the one leading. He's leading. You are, you and I are followers of his leading. Okay? Watch this. And, this, and so the Lord has a plan. He said, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart. So that, so that he will what? Pursue them. See, he want them to pursue. He want, he want them. And it's just like your, your enemies an hour. God wants your enemies to pursue you. Why? Because it's a setup. It's a setup. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's a setup. And he said, and look, 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 he said, and I will gain honor. See this? See, you and I are carrier, but he know that the works of darkness still wants to do what? 
to 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 uh, put fear in us, uh, to paralyze us, uh, uh, to to you, you know just do things to us in the manner of the way of what? Yeah, we can't move forward. Huh? Look what he said. I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army. That the Egyptian, not that you, that the Egyptian, that your enemy may know, that poverty may know, that insufficient may know, that cancer may know, that diabetes may know, that I am the Lord. You see that? And they did so. Can y'all see that now? All right. Keep going, Zach. Now, it was told. That means somebody had to go back and tell the king of Egypt. What it was at? What it at? <laughs> that the people had fled and that the heart of Pharaoh and his servant was turned against the people. And they said, why? Have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. Because that's the Lord's plot. I will harden his heart. That's why they did that. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Next verse. Also he took 600 choice chariots. All of the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. That means he took all of his men to war. Why? Because, you know, you're dealing with over 1.2 million people. Huh? That's not lifestyle. Some say it was possibly 2 to 3 million people that left Egypt. But I just keep it at 1.2 because, you know, it was, the scripture said it was 600,000 men. So, you know, each one of them might have been married to, one, to a woman, right? That's 1.2 million by itself, right? That's not even including no children. So can you see can they can go into the mill, you know? I just want you to paint. I want to paint a picture in your mind. I want you to see. How long you think it took for 1.2 million people to leave Egypt? They own horses, chariots, whatever ground they made up. Those chariots got, got a hold to them. And God is instrumentally leading them on feet. They got their livestock. They got their gold. But God is instrumentally leading them out. How do you lead 1.2 million people? In it? And we know it's more. How do you lead 1.2 million people out of a city? Like this. You talk about chaos, huh? Yeah, I'm going to give me a horse. <laughs> give me a horse and get my, make sure I got my, my cowboy hat. We getting out of here. Come on here. Get my wife and my dog going to have one. We're going to all. 
So the Lord did what? He hardened Pharaoh's heart, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with what? Whoa. Why? Because what did they see? They saw the death angel that killed the firstborn of all the Egyptian, of every firstborn, whether it be of livestock, male livestock, whether it be the servant of the Egyptian, I mean, yeah, the servant of the Egyptian, I don't care, even Pharaoh himself, the firstborn son, that death angel went in there and killed them all. But that was not one loss in the children of Israel camp. What I'm trying to say, that's just like you and I. You have to believe in the word of God. Just because that's lost in the world, that does not mean that it contains you. It does not mean it pertains to you. Amen? So the Egyptian pursued them. All the horses, chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, his army, and overtook them camping by the sea. You see that? Besides Pi-Hasra and before Baal-Zephalon. I think that's what we were before, right? And when Pharaoh drew near, watch this. The children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. That's where you should be. Okay, next verse. And, and then, then they said to Moses, <laughs> you see how fast they can forgive? <laughs> because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? <laughs> Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, Moses? Let us stay here. But no. Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. They wanted to stay in us as a slave. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptian, look at that, than, to, than we should die in this wilderness. They was already dead. They was under oppression. They was under all kind of things. Sickness. And yet, that was the best that they could come up with. Yes, sir. Next verse, Zach. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Everybody say today. I believe today is your day of, restitu of restitution, huh? Today. For the Egyptian whom you see today, Ooh, Jesus. You should never 
or you shall see again no more forever. How is it like a sickness, a cancer, a debt, or whatever? The Lord will tell you, today you shall see this again no more. I mean, I'm going to give you a word. I'm going to give you a way out. I'm going to give you an idea. Keep going, Zach. The Lord will do what? Fight for you and you shall what? Hold your peace. Look at that. Who's going to fight for you? And it's the same thing today. The Lord is fighting for us. He want you and I to do what? Hold your peace. Why? It's Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. Did you hear what I said? It's Christ in you. It's the anointing of the anointed one in you. That's the hope of glory. That's the manifested presence. That's the manifested power. That's the manifested way of him destroying, loosen, undid the works of the devil. He said, hey, let me be in you. That's right. And you see the salvation of your God. The Holy Spirit is our representative here on the earth. <laughs> It'll grow. And the Lord said to Moses, look what the Lord said, why do you cry to me? Is that right? Look what the Lord said. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. The Red Sea ain't open up yet. Now look, Lord, I'm only so tall, I can only walk in so much water. Now you better come on here now. <laughs> Is that right? Look at this. But the Lord said, tell them to move forward. And look at this. He said, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Why would he tell him to do that? Because what's it? He, the rod has been, it, it's no longer a shepherd rod. The rod has become the word of God. That's why God told him, take your rod and lift it up. Why? Because that is the type of Christ. You and I don't have the typo. We got the real deal. You got the real thing on the inside. They had a type. Rod, Moses had a piece of wood that the Spirit of God got into it. Now, the Spirit of God is in this body. It's in this spirit. He lives inside of us, like the song said. He lives inside of us. It's that same power that raised him from the dead. It lives inside of you. That rod, a word that he gets, it's inside of you. He said, lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, divide it, and the children of Israel shall do what? Go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. But they didn't start out on dry ground. They had to move forward, and Moses, they had to act on the word that God gave. The same thing today. What do you not do? We're acting on the word that God gave. 
on faith. Faith is acting on the word that God gave. And if you don't move forward, you will never see the best that's in his hand. If you just stay, well, I'm going to just wait. We don't have enough to do this. We can't do this. And God is saying, move forward. How are we going to do that? Move forward, not head. <laughs> is it what we at? Is the next verse that? Next. And, the, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptian, and they shall follow them. I mean, God is talking to Moses. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army and over his chariot and his heart. Who would gain honor? But he just needs us to do what? Follow. God is still doing the same thing today. He's doing everything. That's right. But it takes that fellowship with him. It takes that trust in him that we're going to follow him no matter what. I can't see it, but I can believe what you say. Right? Here we go. Next verse. And then the Egyptians shall know. That I am the Lord, and when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and over his horsemen. Next verse. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel. You see that? The angel of God who went before the camp. Look at this. Moved and went where? Behind them. All right, pay attention to these, these verses. And notice this. He went behind them, right? Thus a cloud of darkness to the one, and he gave light by night to the other. So that the one did not what? Come near the other all that night. So what did God do? Took the angel that was before them, leading the way, and brought him and put him behind them. While it was light here, the angel was holding up darkness here to them, to the, to the Egyptian. They couldn't see. They couldn't move. That angel was there. That angel was right there to see to it. That they didn't move. Think about that for a moment. Just use your imagination. You got 1.2 million people, livestock, children crossing over, and they can't move because they thinking it is just as much dark on their side as it is on our side, and we'll get them in the morning. Huh? Can you see it? I mean, just use your imagination. How are you going to get that many people out? Look. Next verse. Say. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, 
And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. But notice this. The sea didn't start to go back until Moses did what? Lift that rod up over that sea. He had to have the word of God before God could honor that rod being pointed. Now think about that. A strong, did it say a strong? A strong east wind. It brought forth a force, Brother George. Think about it. This the, is the Red Sea. How you going to tell what? What do you have that's going to be able to divide a body of water? What you going how you going to do that? It wasn't just the wind. It was his word. All things being held or upheld by what? The power of his word. Are oh, you understanding this? We're talking about a big body of water. We're talking about a sea. How much water is in that sea? And God calls a strong east wind, which is he's the creator of, and the wind go like a laser. And it penetrates. And it began to divide the water because God gave it its command. That don't make no sense to your natural mind. On dry ground. They didn't just walk in ankle deep water. They walked on dry ground. This wind came about with a force that caused the children of Israel and all of their livestock. How long do you think it took them to cross over? <laughs> you talking about 1.2 million people, children, and livestock. You ain't just talking about overnight, just talking about, you know, a couple of hours, you know, we're going to be over the bridge. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> no, this this is like all night. Huh? Yeah. I'm telling you, that, that's, that's a force that's in mo and And knows that God not moved by that. He got that angel sitting right there. Huh? Uh, the, the Red Sea is 190 miles. Why? Now think about how wide it has to be for 1.2 million people, livestock, to cross over. And then it's dry on dry ground at the same time. Now, just think about that for a moment. See, we don't, we don't ever think about that in that light. But that's what he did. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the Red Sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. 
And he made the sea dry land, and the water were divided. Next verse, Zach. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters was a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. Can you imagine you walking? Can you imagine you walking? And you're looking at the wall. You, you know the faith you got to have? The trust you got to have to walk through that? You've seen this miracle. And now you're walking through this. And the devil telling you, oh, I got you now, you fool. And <laughs> 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 water going to come on you. <laughs> and you say, and I can see Brother John, I ain't going. I ain't going. Get in the water, you. Hey, God, I can't swim. <laughs> no water. It's just dry ground. <laughs> Can y'all see that? And the Egyptian pursued and went after them in the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh horses and chariots and the horsemen. Watch they keep going. And it came to pass in the morning, watch, that the Lord looked down. Isn't that amazing? Upon the army of the Egyptian through the pillar of fire and the cloud. And he troubled the army of the Egyptian. Wow, how he did that. He troubled them. Watch this. And he took off. <laughs> this is how he troubled them. He took off their chariot wheels. <laughs> Look. So that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee. By this time, now they, they, got, they got a little sense. Too late though. Let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fight for them against the Egyptian. Keep going, Zach. And the Lord said to Moses, now they're trying, to, they're trying to go back. They're trying to get out. Yeah. The Lord let them get in there just enough. Huh? I used to say just enough in French. Just enough. Pacate. Just enough. <laughs> now watch this. Say two. He let them get in there just, say two. All right, just enough. Now don't y'all tell me the wrong word now. That pastor was cussing on food. <laughs> okay. And stretch out your hand. Your hand. I'm going to say, I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand. Over the sea that the waters may what? Come back upon the Egyptian, on their chariots, and on their horses. Now he had to stretch it again so the waters can come down on them. 
all by what? The word of the Lord. It was nothing they did. What am I trying to show you? They were beneficial, or benefactors of God's benefits. Same thing today with you and I in Christ. We are benefactors of his benefits. We benefit from his, from his goods. Right? Notice this. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth. So you say it's 190 feet wide. I wonder how high that water had to be on each side. Because I don't know the depth. We know the width. But the depth of that water. And you got nothing holding it but the word of God. The word of God has that water standing up. There's nothing to hold it. That should not be. That's the God you got living on the inside of you, Shad. So when he let you know that the victory is yours, you need to start resting in him and saying, thank you, Lord. You have done this for me. It's already done. I don't see the, I don't, I may not see the fruit. I may not see the result at the moment, but because you said it, I believe it. Keep going, Zach. And then the waters returned and covered the chariots, horses, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them. All the men left out of Israel that day and no one returned. Pharaoh and all. Keep going, Zach. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were all were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. You see that? Next verse. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptian. And Israel saw the Egyptian dead on the seashore. And thus Israel saw a great work which the Lord has done in Egypt. Who did it? So the people feared the Lord. And they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Keep going. Now, oh no, chapter 15. 15, 1. Then Moses and the children of Israel sing this song to the Lord and, the, and spoke saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. <laughs> we used to sing that song. The Lord has done what? The Lord is my strength and my song. For the Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him. My father God. And I will exalt him. That's a song. That used to be a worship song that we sung back in the 80s. 
But this is it right here, ladies and gentlemen. That song came after their victory. Can you see that? Why? Because the Lord proved. He said, the Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father God and I will exalt him. And he used to, um, I don't know, I, I, I forgot the words, uh, all the words. But it used to, it was just the first two songs, first two verses, and we would rehearse that. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has gloriously triumphed over the enemy. And I will praise him all the day long. Glory to God. Well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you know, they forgot. As soon as they got over on the other side, that only lasted for several days. And then they begun to, just like you and I, an unrenewed mind will always put you back in that place of saying, didn't we tell you not to? It was better for us to have lived here. <laughs> because it costs you to move forward. If you're going to live in victory, it's going to cost you something to walk away from what you know. You know what you know It's not right. It's not what you need. It's not where you need to be. But because it's what you know, you will stay there because of the familiar. It takes the word of God, and I'm going to close with these uh, last couple of verses. Uh, go back to Hebrews 1, 3, Zach, and then go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 1, 3. Let's look at that for a moment. And this is what, go to verse 2. I would uh I gave you all of the book about the Exodus because of this right here. So he said, in these last days has he spoken to us by his son. But you see how he's spoken before? The cloud, the angel, and the fire, pillar fire by night. But look what he said. In these last days has he spoken to us by his son, the fullness. Okay. Whom he has appointed, what? Heir of all things. Right? Through whom also he made what? The word. Talking about the son. The son is the word of God. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. You see that? Who being what? The brightness of his glory. That means you can't tell one from the other. It's the same thing about you and I spiritually. You can't tell one from the other. We are one with him in the spirit. But you see, we we get to looking at each other in the flesh. And say, well, God surely can't be talking about me. Because you're judging yourself by what you see rather than judging yourself by whose you are, what he's already made you. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. 
and upholding all things by what? The word of his power. No, it didn't say by the power of his word, by the word of his power. So you may have some power, but he said by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sin and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. So all things are being upheld. How? By what? The word of his power. Look at verse 4 for a moment. Having become so much better than the angel, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. See, I'm going to teach you on that one day. For to which of the angel did he ever say, you are my son. Today have I begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. That's God talking about himself. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 4. And I'll close with this. And look at verse 12. Hebrews 4.12 and put it in the classic amplifier. Okay? <coughs> For the word that God speak is what? Is what? Whoa. So the word that God speak is what? It's alive and it's full of power. Doing what? If it's full of power, this is what it look. Look what it says in the bracket, making it active. See. So when you and I speak the word of God, notice what you're doing: making it active, operative, energizing, and what? Effective. That means you're just not speaking, it, it, you're making it effective. Effective means what? For it to make something happen. For it to bring something to pass. Look, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, just think about a sword being sharpened. It's, it can cut you going in and coming out. The word is sharper than that. Look what it says. And when you talk about this word being sharper than a two-edged sword, and notice it, to the dividing line of the breath of life, meaning the soul and the immortal spirit. Watch this. And of the joint and marrow, where is the marrow is where? The marrow is what? It's inside the bone. So the marrow is what? The life. Is that right? Just as the spirit is the life and the soul is too. But notice this. If your soul does not come in alignment with the same likeness of your spirit, then you will not be able to analyze. Look what it says. Well, let me read it in its entirety. Notice this. It says, it's penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joint and marrow, 
and of the deeper part of our nature. So just as the marrow is in the bone, then notice this. It says of the deepest thoughts, that means your deep thought is in your soul. It's how you think. We, we talk about, we're not talking about shadowly thinking. Deep thought. So when we talk about your soul, we're talking about deep thought mean this is what you have already, this is how you live your life by. You got a way of living your life. You have a way of thinking. You got a way of doing. You know how you have a certain way of doing, certain things you do every day, certain things you do at a certain time? That's deep thought. That means that's something that you're living by all the time. And that's why sometimes it's hard to break habits because you've been doing it for so long. So the only way you can break that, it's going to take the word of God to shift, to change. Look what it says. The deepest part of our nature, exposing, sifting, and analyzing, and judging the very thought and purpose of your heart. Notice it didn't say your spirit. That's talking about your soul. So you see, the word of God, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power and making it active to do what? To expose, to sift, to analyze, to judge the very thought and purpose of your heart. So if I'm going to change from doing things in a way that I've been accustomed to doing, I can't change myself. I can't break the habit on my own, but I can show Rely upon him because the word of God, that the word that God speaks, it's alive, it's full of power, and it's active, it's operative, it's energizing. Can you see that? Only the word can do what? Can sift out. Only the word can bring the right judgment in my thought. I know my thoughts, I know what I would do, but then when you are Committed to the word of God, God will change your, your stance. God will change your way of thinking. How many see what I'm saying? That's why it said for the word that God speak is alive, is full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. So you may, I may have ways that that feel like it's uh, uh, we're living our lives in a certain way, and it could be very hurtful. It could it could hinder the ways of God. It could hinder a move of God in my life. But if I commit it to the Lord, that word it says it's operative. It's energized. It's effective. It's telling you it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates to the divining line of the breath of life, which is the soul and the immortal spirit. In other words, so if my thinking can be changed, it's going to take the word of God to cut away some habits, some way of thinking in my life. And he plays his way. What the engrafted word is able to do what? To be placed thinking in a new way, walking in a new way, and thinking in a new light. Thinking where? In the light of his word. Walking in the way of his word. See, the word of God that God speak. It's the, for the word that God speak. 
It's the only thing that will bring about change in our lives. Are you getting this? Change not going to come because you want it. Change not going to come because of what you make happen. Change come because you let him in you make it happen. Because he's already had it already done. You just got to get a revelation of him. Amen. And he, the Holy Spirit, will do the work in you. Amen. Did you learn anything today? Well, we're going to end our lesson right here, and uh, and we're going to call it for the day. What's one of y'all going to set the uh, that is the is recording right now, so y'all can end it. I'm done. <laughs>